welcome back to the Rugby League, in my opinion, podcast. Joined, as always, by my good friend Cooper. Today, we're going to be talking about the Brisbane Broncos. I guess having a quick review of the Paul 2020 and a preview for 2021. We're going to ask the question, are the Broncos going to get any better? Of course, winning the wooden spoon last season. However, a little bit of breaking news, I guess you could say, and it is Broncos related, so I thought I'd share it here um, and get your reaction, Coop. But first of all, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'd probably just let the listeners know now that I've got pretty bad internet. I live out in the middle of the bush, so if I cut out or accidentally speak over Oliver, I, I don't mean to be. I'm not trying to be rude. I just, yeah, I just thought I'd get that out of the way quickly because I didn't want people thinking I was purposely being rude. Um, but yeah, I'm good. And I don't think I've heard the news, so I'm, I'm keen. Well, we're a minute in and nothing's cut out so far. But if it does, of course, we'll just hit record again, add it in, and um, as we've done before, and it'll be fine from there. So, Coop, yep. the news reported by the Mole of Nines World, Wide World of Sports. I, I'd say the Mole's generally... Um, Pretty good. I'd say he, if he gets something wrong, it seems as though it's him getting a bit of bad mail, I'd say. And if he is wrong on something, I think he cha- he usually chases it up with clubs and then he writes about it in his, his column, you know, that he got this wrong and that this happened. So um, it's definitely one to look at. But reportedly from the mole, the Melbourne Storm are interested in signing Xavier Coates from 2022 onwards as their Josh Adokar replacement. What do you think of that? Uh, that would be a massive loss for the Broncos. He's one of their um, one of their better players. Um, yeah, if the, I would be doing all I can if I were the Broncos to hold on to him. But you also got to look at it in Xavier Coates' position as well. Um, if the Broncos don't have a, a good year next year, do you want to stick around at a club that's struggling in that or do you want to go to a powerhouse like the Storm? So, And it'd probably be but, around the same money they'd be able to offer him as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know what, personally, I'll do. I don't know what Coates is like, but I wouldn't really want to. It's The Broncos are a really proud club and playing at Suncorp every week would be awesome. Or not every week, every couple of weeks would be awesome and it would be a good club to be at, but would you rather be... It, this is all depending on how the Broncos go in coming years, but would you rather be at a team that doesn't look like they're a chance of making the eight, or would you rather be contending for a premiership? Um, yeah, and I feel like players that go to the Storm, not all the time, but players that go to the Storm genuinely get better. So it'd be a good move for him, but yeah, the Broncos wouldn't want to lose him at all. Yeah, well, we'll get to the Brisbane Broncos 2020 season. Um, Wooden Spooners, three wins. They beat the North Queensland Cowboys in round one. They beat the Bunnies in round two, who ended up making the preliminary final. So, I mean, if you want to give a bit of credit to them for that, for beating them in round two, then be my guest. Um, And then in... Sorry, not in round three, but the third team they would beat 
um, relatively easily as well uh, were the Bulldogs, who ended up not finishing last somehow. I feel like the past three years, and I know this is about the Broncos, the Bulldogs have somehow, like, they've been dead last and looking like their morals to win the wooden spoon the past three seasons, about halfway through the year. Then they either get that jump in form or they just do enough to not come to us, which is what they did this year. Now, the Broncos in 2020, I want to ask you, Coop, where did you see them finishing heading into the season? And then what what are your general thoughts on everything that happened? I think I had them um, eighth, eighth or ninth. I had them either just making the eight or just missing out. And, yeah, after those first two rounds, uh, I was thinking – I was pretty high on them. I was like, oh, yeah, this team could make a bit of noise. And I remember, like, people – like, even though it was only two games, it, they were building a bit of momentum and people were kind of rating them quite highly. And then, obviously, that COVID break um, didn't help them. But, yeah, I had reasonable expectations for them going into the 2020 season. I didn't think they were going to – really contend for a premiership, but I didn't think they were going to come dead last. Um, so, yeah, it shook me. Um, where, where did you end up having them well, on your predicted ladder? I had them 11th, right? Oh, okay. It was one of the predictions that people... Oh, you copped a bit of slack for that, yeah. I copped a lot of slack for that, and I took joy in September. I remember sharing the post again, and... They're, you find that there are quite a few comments on that post from Brisbane supporters who say, I can't wait to come back to this post in September. So I went back to it. I replied. I said, yeah. oh, it's September. Welcome back. <laughs> and welcomed them with open arms. But anyway, um, yeah, well, I t- tipped them to finish 11th. And to those people who said I was going to be wrong, you're right, because I was wrong. They finished last. They didn't finish 11th. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just say, and it's because Brisbane have a lot of fans and they are very, very passionate. Usually, if you say Brisbane aren't going to do too well pre-2020, um, you generally get a bit of backlash. But I've noticed that hasn't been happening recently. I think a lot of Brisbane fans are sort of mellowed out a lot and they're not too happy with the club, but they're still in it for the future, so good on them. And if Brisbane's doing well, rugby league's doing well. That's just a fact. They're the the biggest brand in the NRL. They're the most recognisable team in the NRL, the biggest fan base. So when they're doing well, they're making money and they're making money from the NRL. So it's good when Brisbane are doing well in that respect. Uh, But honestly, yeah, I did not expect a lot. And what I thought would go wrong, at, at least in the beginning, like it got a lot worse. But what I thought would go wrong when it started to is sort of what I tipped to go wrong. Um, so the big thing with me, and I know I've brought him up before, and I don't want it to seem like it's all his fault because it's not, but it's sort of an indication of Brisbane doing the wrong thing. I was never a fan of Brisbane signing Brody Croft. Okay. He had played 39... NRL games. The reason as to why Brisbane were able to get him was because Melbourne released him because he wasn't playing good enough. And Brisbane thought, 
wow, he's the perfect person to sign, put in the halves, and we're going to say, yep. Because they, they probably shouldn't have made the top eight in 2019. Like, they scraped yep. into that top eight, and yep. they had issues then. They were playing Darius Boyd in the halves, and they had a big halves problem, which they still have. But they were like, yep, Brody Croft will just fix our halves problem. Oh, he wasn't playing well at Melbourne, and that's why we were able to get him. Don't worry about that. We're gonna He's going to hit his stride here, even though he's only played 39 NRL games. You know, we're going to put him in arguably the highest pressure position at the highest pressure club in the NRL who is currently going through a crisis. Let's chuck him in at halfback and expect him to do a job. And he, you know what? He did. He was good for the first couple of games. And I don't want to say this, like, against Brody Crofts. What I guess I'm trying to get at is it was an unfair signing that I don't think was ever going to work out the way that Brisbane intended. I'd say if Brody yeah. Croft goes to a club where, honestly, he has even maybe a couple of years in the reserves or he's got that dominant half there with him, then he probably goes a bit better. Mitchell Pearce is someone who I've also had criticism for the past few years, but if you chuck him at six, hypothetically, chuck him at six at Newcastle, let Pierce steer the show because Pierce is a pretty good clubman and when he's on, he's on. Then you can sort of just sit back and allow Pierce to sort of run the show there, you know, yeah. and sort of learn as he goes and it would have been beneficial for him. And the big thing as well at Brisbane is that, you know, Anthony Milford's been out of form. Um, he, um, he He's not going to be the best halves partner for a Brodie Croft and take a lot of pressure off him. And then when you bring in Tom Dearden, well, Tom Dearden's in the same position as Brady Croft almost, whereas they're a great talent, a great raw talent who can do great things and got a lot of great potential, but they need that dominant NRL tenured half that's going to take a lot of the pressure off them and neither of them yep. had that because both of them needed the same thing and, and it yep. just wasn't going to work with each other. But, of course, Croft is one of many players who are sort of out of form. We've had the whole Tevita Pangai Jr. situation. David Fafita got injured halfway through the season. Um, they're a young squad as well. They're the youngest team in the NRL, and that doesn't help. I was saying this about Brisbane heading into 2019, and they did end up making the eight, but I maintained it because a lot of people were like, oh, look at the four-pack, Haas, Fafita so on and so forth, all these young players. And a lot of people were tipping them in 2019, at least, to make the top four, uh, let alone the top eight, because of all the young talent. And I was like, well, I've, I've heard the saying somewhere, and I'm sorry I can't remember, but it's too many sheep, not enough shepherds. Too much young talent, young raw individual talent, not enough experienced players there to help them, to help guide them, show them the, show them uh, how to play, pretty much yep. in, in the NRL. You've got Alex Glenn in that Broncos forward pack. You did, I guess, have Joe Offhangawi, who's now at the Tigers, but you've got Alex Glenn, and he's pretty much the only experienced head. Payne Haas is pretty much going to have to come into that role early. And it shows as well because Brody Croft, before he even debuted, was a part of the leadership team. 
Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, Darius Boyd's retired now. I mean, oh, well, Corey Oates is moving to the forward pack full-time, apparently, if Kevin Walters has said. So, Anthony Milford's going to be your most experienced most experienced back. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. But I, I, I've rambled on a bit here. Uh, I just want to say it's not Brody Cross' fault, but I'd say the Broncos signing him and putting him in that position is an example of what what was sort of wrong with the mentality, I guess, of the club in 2020. Uh, Cooper, give us your thoughts on how you think they will go in 2021. You, you don't need to give us a full 1-17, to 17, but maybe where you think certain players will play, who you think will be good for them, and around where you think they'll finish on the ladder. Um, whilst they're <clears throat> losing... One sec, I was going to get a cough out of the way. <coughs> Whilst they're losing a few good forwards, I feel like they've got a fair bit of depth in the forwards. They've always, like you said, they've got a bunch of young forwards that are good. Paynehouse especially, he's a, a gun. Um, I, I guess their six and seven will be Milford and Croft again, whether, unless they drop Croft. They really need a, like you were mentioning before, um, obviously these players are owned. Uh, are on their own contracts or whatever, but they need like a Chad Townsend or like a Blake Green or some mature type of experienced, comfortable leader of a side. Um, fullback, uh, I guess that Tessie New, is that his name? Yep. I guess he'll play there, yeah. Um, I actually, he copped a fair bit of criticism, but I didn't mind... Uh, when Jermaine Osako played fullback. I thought he was okay. I thought he had a bit of potential there, but didn't last very long. Uh, yeah, then you got Coates and Oates. Oh, no. Oates is moving to the forward pack. So I, I don't really know how this side uh, suits up, to be honest. Um, I Yeah, I don't definitely don't have a make in the eight. I have them doing a bit better than last year, but I I think bottom three, either 14th, 15th or last again. Um, in previous years I had them making the eight again with like you said just on their forward pack alone I thought that was good enough to to carry them and obviously you don't want to put all the blame on one player um, or two players but I feel like Brisbane's problems are definitely with the halves I think with the forward pack they have and the foot with the forward pack laying the platform like they are I know it sounds so generic but if your forwards are on a roll and as good as the Brisbane forwards are, your halves should have a like a better. <laughs> if you're playing with bad forwards, your halves are going to have more problems. That's pretty much it because your forwards are laying the platform. Um, so yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I haven't heard any talk about it, but wh- I don't know why the Broncos wouldn't consider just signing Benji on a cheap one-year deal. Yeah. Just. I haven't heard much about it, but I would definitely consider just chucking him on a one-year deal. I think that's all Benji wants. He just wants one last year, and it seems like no other clubs are really going with him. I heard the Sharks, but apparently they pulled out. So, yeah, if I were the Broncos, and it wouldn't cost him much either. I think he um, would probably go for like 300K-odd. Um, yeah, I'd definitely do it. And then that whole year, he can steer the side around and then also teach Milford and Croft, but can you see how Milford performs? Because Milford does usually place best under um, 
Kevy Walters. So I guess we'll see what happens there. Um, but they're a bit of a wild card, Brisbane. They're, yeah, you don't really know with them. Yeah, uh, well, just on Benji Marshall, I don't think he would go to Brisbane, and that's reportedly the reason why he turned down the Cowboys and Hull FC when they offered him a lot of money to go to the Super League. Um, apparently, he is on a nice little deal at Fox League. Of course, he's um, on NRL 360 each week. He's got a contract with Fox League, and it makes sense if he's based in Sydney it's easier for him to fulfill those commitments. So apparently yeah. uh, that's the reason why. But I, I, I'd say the Broncos, I mean, they should at least try. I'm surprised they haven't tried. Um, for me, look, another bottom four finish. I'm not. I'm tipping them to improve a little. I don't think they'll finish last. Um, I've got another another team there that I think will just do a bit worse. But for me, uh, we're talking about the halves situation. I think Kevy's going to try and shake things up a bit. Now, this is a bit out there. I think Tom Dearden is in the side. Yep. I think that's better than Croft, to be honest. Well... Have Dearden there. Or or even Milford. I'd rather Dearden over both of them at the moment. Yeah. Well, um, you've got Dearden there. I think he's the definite for me. Move Anthony Milford to fullback. Now, in 2019, when he moved to fullback and Brisbane went on that little run of form to just scrape into the eight at the end of the season, Milford wasn't necessarily playing bad, but because Darius Boyd wasn't a half, you would find that in attack, Milford would be playing both roles as a fullback and as a half when he needed to come in and cover for Darius Boyd. And it did seem to wear him out a bit going back and forth between the two roles. So I think if you are going to get the best out of Anthony Milford at this point, or if you're going to get something out of him at this point, because apparently he's a bit shot as well. He's, at least last season, apparently reportedly didn't have the best attitude, at least when it came to training and that. Apparently he was a bit shot. I think the best way to get something out of him is by putting him at fullback. Dearden in the halves, Croft to at least start out the season in reserve grade and then maybe get a mid-season swap to a team with hopefully a dominant half that he can complement. But, and this is going to sound crazy and I'll explain why, I'd start Albert Kelly at the start of the season. Why? Because one, he hasn't let you down yet. He hasn't let you down yet. Two, yep. he has NRL and Super League experience. I don't think he was yep. necessarily bad when he was at the Titans and at Cronulla beforehand. He wasn't bad. He was a fine half. He was speedy and he has a great kicking game. If he's still got his speed and his kicking game, that's a plus. Um He's obviously been sent down to train with the reserves for now just to get his weight um, weight under control, which is fine. You know, off-season, um, you, you pack on the pounds a bit, that's fine. Now uh, he'll work that off. It also seems like, okay, he's been given this second lifeline in the NRL. After going over to the Super League, winning a Challenge Cup with Hull FC as well, um, he's been controlling this team 
over in the UK, Will first, Hull Kingston Rovers, then Hull FC, which I don't know why he would ever go between the two Hull teams. That's pretty much suicide, but he managed it. Um, But, you know, he's been in control of those sides. He's led them around the park for years. And now he's getting his second chance in the NRL that he probably thought he would never get. And I think, I don't think he'll be amazing or anything, but I think you'll get the effort out of him for sure because he sees this as his second chance. And as I said, if he's still got that speed and that kicking game, that can only help. Look, even with him in the side, in the halves, I'm not tipping them to finish anywhere above the bottom four. But currently, Milford and Croft have not worked out. They have had a go. They might get another go on the halves later in the year if Kelly or Dearden doesn't work out sure. But give him a go. Because it's the closest thing. Because I've been saying they need that experienced half in the side. And he's the closest thing they've had to it since Ben Hunt, really. So give him a go. If he's playing terribly, then I'll concede defeat and get Croft back in there. But just change things up. Just yeah, on a, they can't really go wrong at the moment. Like they're literally working from the ground up, so may as well give it a go and see how it goes. Yeah, and you know what the crazy thing was when I I think I put up a post like two or three weeks ago on on this saying I reckon they should do it. A lot of people agreed, and I was surprised at that. But yeah. Like because when you think oh Albert Kelly coming from the Super League, he hasn't been in the NRL for ages, but you think well. The two that have been playing there for the past 12 months haven't really got the job done, so you might as well give him a go, give him a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about, so the Ford pack, you, you still reckon, you know, obviously young, they've still got Alex Glenn, and I guess you could say Corey Oates' is experience, but not really in the Fords. You said that you thought they might make the top eight on their Ford pack alone last year. What do you think of their forward pack this year? How how was it weakened in your mind? Or gotten stronger? Uh, obviously, Fafita is a huge loss. Um, he didn't play a whole lot last year, but he, he is a big loss. Um, I don't know exactly how their forward pack's going to look. I don't really know what they go with Matt Lodges at the moment either. I've kind of stopped caring. I heard there was talks about the Warriors, and then he said no, and then... I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but I think ha- having Payne, like obviously not one player can carry a team, but Payne Harson, Patrick Carrigan, um, and even Flegler, they're all really, really solid players. Like the Broncos do have, there is a little bit of hope for Broncos fans about the future to have those players in your side. Um, yeah, I think Payne Haas, I've, I've seen some of your posts on him as well, some of your predictions. I, I agree with a lot of them as well. I really do rate Payne Haas. Um, I think he can be one of the best forwards in the game. And if you have one of the best forwards in the game on your team, you're bound to have some sort of success. Maybe not. Like, I guess there's been plenty of teams with bad forwards that don't, um, with good forwards that don't do well. But I don't know. I think the Ford Pack's the only thing that half excites me about this Broncos team, to be honest. Okay, and quickly before we finish up, I just want to get my little spiel 
out of the way that I've repeated ever since he signed. I don't think Kevin Walters was the right choice for head coach at the Broncos. They had a choice between him and Paul Green. And a lot of fans, they said, well, he'll reinstill the culture at the club, etc. You know, he's been the Queensland coach. Coaching in origin and coaching first grade are two completely different ball games. And we... And again, it, yeah. yeah, it's a bit like, well, he's only, I mean, he has coached Origin, but like you said, two different ball games. And before that, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's only been an assistant coach. Yes. So it's a bit like, like, obviously it's different, but it's a, again, like the Brody Croft situation where you're getting someone that's a bit inexperienced and isn't fully, um, what's the word, isn't solidified as like a good NRL coach and you're chucking him in and hoping for the best kind of. And I think as well, I think if they had no other options, I can understand it. But the fact that Paul Green was an option as well and they went with Walters over Green, I think is a bit, again, I think it shows, and I could be wrong, I could eat my words, he could be great, but a bit of a direction, a bit of a, an example of the state that the club's currently in because they're looking to this legend. And I've seen a lot of the Broncos fans are like, He'll reinstill the culture, you know, he's an ex-player. That's all well and good, but he's got to be able to coach. And you know what? You look at Paul Green, right? You want to talk about an ex-player and, you know, someone who who can reinstill the culture in the club. Okay, he's not necessarily a club legend, but Paul Green actually played for the Broncos, finished his career there. Here's another thing. Paul Green was an assistant coach at the at the Broncos when they won their last premiership in 2006. So not only that, he's had coaching experience at the Broncos. He's been at the Broncos during their their last successful period. So he knows what it takes to take a Brisbane Broncos side to the top. Oh, yeah, he's also a premiership winning coach with the Cowboys. Like, he, he ticks a lot of the boxes. And I understand the time was up at the Cowboys. You know, he'd been there long enough. Both parties needed to um, needed something else, but I think he still could have been good for the Broncos. Don't get me wrong. Again, the Broncos is a fair bit of a rebuild job. I'm not saying he turned into a top eight side or anything straight away, but I feel like at least long term, you get more from a Paul Green coached Broncos than a Kevin Walters coached Broncos. Would you agree? And I guess what yeah. what are your what are your thoughts on the appointment of Kevin Walters in general? Um, like I was saying before, it's a bit of a gamble because he isn't um, solidified as a good NRL coach yet. The fact that... Because I, it slipped my mind that Paul Green was even uh, being considered at the Broncos. But hearing that, like, well, I don't know why you would pass up on a, a proven premiership winning coach uh, in Paul Green. He... he just had a side go to the grand final three years ago. I know the Cowboys yeah. only scraped through to get there, but I don't know why. I don't know. I Again, it'd be because the whole culture thing and they want to bring in Kevy and whatever. And Ke- the Broncos did well when Kevy was an assistant there or whatever. But then people forget they also had Wayne Bennett there as well. It wasn't Kevy Walters doing everything. Wayne Bennett was there with Kevy Walters. So, um, yeah. Again, like you said, I could eat my words um, and it could turn out good and fix the Broncos culture or whatever, but I don't think it was the right move. And this seems very much like an appeasing the fans appointment as well. 
because all the Brisbane fans were crying Kevin Walters. They wanted him there, I think, as an NRL club. And I think it's clear to see because otherwise I don't know how Paul Green does not get that job going up against Kevin Walters. You just look at the two coaching resumes at least and I think Paul Green's far and above, at least obviously in club coaching. But, yeah, I, I think it's clear to see that it probably was a situation where you're listening to the fans a little too much. Sometimes you've got to think about it. It's not what the fans want, it's what the fans need. Because if you give the fans what they need, yep. in the end, they'll want it. And there's yep. every chance that... I th- look, I think they'll give Kevy two years at it. Even if Brisbane come last, I think they'll give him another year. And again, it's because the fans will want him there. But let's just say Brisbane are coming off a third straight wooden spoon or a third straight um, bottom four finish at the end of 2022. Then if another club hasn't gotten him yet, then Paul Green will probably end up at the Broncos anyway. Um, But that's all for today. I mean, I think we pretty much covered it. Anything else you want to talk about about the Broncos before we head on off? Um. No, I think we've um, said everything that needs to be said. All right. Uh, I d- yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how they go next year. If they have another bad year, uh, the Broncos are really going to cop it. I kind of feel bad, but I don't really care at the same time. Fair enough. Well, they've got your Parramatta Eels first cab off the rank in round one next year. So that'll be interesting to see at Suncourt Stadium. Um, and that might... Well, yep. I was about to say that might set the foundation for their season, but they won their first two games in 2020 and look what happened. But anyway, Cuba, thank you for joining me and thank you guys for listening at home. Let us know. You could message in or I'm going to have a post promoting this podcast out in about an hour anyway, asking how you think the Broncos will go in 2021. So let us know. Okay.